0: Great news everyone, Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan, Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great Ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we come thanking you again in the name of Jesus for the COVID-19 victims. We continue to pray for the healthcare workers. We pray for those with other ailments. We pray for relationships. We pray for peace in this land. We pray that your word will go forward, it will not return to you empty, it will accomplish what you sent it to do, in the name of Jesus, amen. As we continue our study on the seven churches of Asia Minor, we pick up with the church at Sardis. The city of Sardis was perched atop steep cliff walls that seemed ideal for defense. An unguarded trail leading to the top led to its downfall. As we read in Revelation chapter 3, verses 1-6, through 6, the church at Sardis seemed alive by its reputation, but Jesus told them they were dead. My friends, it is impossible to have the Holy Spirit present and have a dead church. It is also impossible to have a spiritual church without the Holy Spirit. I walked into churches in the past and upon entering, it made the hair on my arm stand up because the absence of the Holy Spirit... I know I'm not the only one who has visited this type of church. When you are a member of a dead church, you don't have to worry about getting attacked by Satan. The dead church poses no threat to Satan. Show me a church constantly under attack by Satan, and I'll show you a praying, spirit-filled church fighting back. How's your church doing? Jesus says in verse 2 of Revelation 3 to be watchful. Remember I told you the city of Sardis was attacked because they neglected to watch the only path they had to defend. My Christian friends, our spiritual health is just as important as our physical, emotional, and financial health. If you eat a poor diet every day, sit on the couch, refuse to exercise, and smoke two packs of cigarettes a day, you have neglected your physical health. If you let your spouse verbally abuse you in the morning, your boss verbally abuse you all day, and your children verbally abuse you all evening, you have neglected your emotional health. If your employer pays you less than what you agreed upon, if your bank takes your money each month, if your accountant steals from you and you wake up one day broke, you have neglected your financial health. Well, my Christian comrades, if you don't pray, if you don't read your Bible, if you don't let the Holy Spirit lead you, then you have neglected your spiritual life. But there is hope. Jesus tells the church at Sardis to strengthen the things which remain. This shows that Jesus had not given up on them, and he has not given up on you. Jesus reminds them to remember the things they were taught. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't remember anything about the calculus classes I took years ago, probably because I don't use calculus. But I still remember the things I learned in Sunday school. It is easy to get complacent when life becomes easy, and life had become painless for the church at Sardis. Jesus also warns them to watch for his return. Again, the city of Sardis was attacked while they neglected to watch the only vulnerable spot. As Christians, we must be watchful. I think you will all agree that Jesus' return is closer today than it was yesterday, and it is closer tomorrow than it is today. Jesus compliments the faithful few of the church. Every church seems to have a small group of dedicated, committed Christians who are there every time the door is open. Jesus promises that those who remain faithful would walk with him in white. My Christian friends, our motivation should be to walk around heaven with our Savior versus the fear of punishment. An additional promise found in Revelation 3 and 5 is that you will not be blotted out of the book of life. My friends, let me comment on the book of life. God does not hold a magic eraser where you are in the book one day, then erase the next day. He is known from the beginning who is in the book. By placing someone in the book only to take them out shows a God who has no control over his creation. This verse is a promise of assurance from our Savior for those who are his. For those who do not belong to him, these words are written. Exodus 32 and 33 says, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. Psalm 69 and 28 reads, Let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. Folks, these scriptures indicate that unforgiven sinners will not be in the book with those who have been declared righteous by the blood of Jesus. Revelation 3:7 through 13 is to the church at Philadelphia. The city's name means brotherly love. In verse 7, Jesus says he is holy and true, plus he holds the keys. In this case, the keys to the kingdom. As the sovereign Lord, he has the final say on who enters and who doesn't. Jesus commends the church for keeping his word, and part of his word says to evangelize. This church took the opportunity to evangelize through the door left open by Jesus. My friends, There are opportunities all around us to share our faith with others. Jesus says the local Jews who persecuted the Christians at Philadelphia will not prevail against this church. And if the church holds on, Jesus will keep them safe. This verse most likely deals with the tribulation. Jesus encourages the church to hold on, to continue to evangelize, to continue to rely on God and to continue to have faith. My friends, this message to the church at Philadelphia is a message to the modern church and its members. Hold on. By holding on, the reward presented to the church was to be made pillars of heaven. When you visit ancient ruins, often the only things still standing are the pillars that once held up mighty buildings. The last of the seven churches of Asia Minor was the church at Laodicea. The wealthy city was famous for its textiles and its isalve. Its water supply came through an aqueduct from a hot springs many miles away. When it arrived at the city, it was lukewarm. In Revelation chapter three, verses fourteen through twenty two, Jesus tells the church that he is amen, the faithful and true witness, and the beginning of the creation of God, meaning he was at the start of creation with God. Listen to what Jesus says in Revelation chapter three, verses fifteen and sixteen. It reads, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish that you were cold or hot, so then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. My Christian friends, we are in an age of lukewarm Christians. It's compromise. It's in the middle. It's safe. It's not to offend anyone. It's indifferent. On one side, the Lord Jesus Christ. On the other side, the world. The lukewarm Christian believes in Jesus, they just haven't let go of the worldly things. Judas was a disciple, yet he clung to the things of the world. My Christian comrades, our churches are filled with lukewarm Christians, and when the unbeliever comes in contact with one, they are unsure if they are an unbeliever like themselves because they were at the club with them last night, or if they are a believer because they are singing in the choir the next morning. So the unbeliever is confused because they don't know who the lukewarm Christian is trying to represent. When you add wealth to lukewarm, you see a church that believes that they have no need, when in actuality, they were spiritually poor. In Revelation 3 and 17, Jesus calls them wretched, poor, blind, and naked. Dr. Jesus prescribes this remedy for the church. First, establish a dependence on Jesus. Those with pride... believe that they can do without Jesus, will remain spiritually poor. Next, be clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, not in their own righteousness. Finally, they must anoint their eyes with the salve of Jesus Christ to open their own eyes to be able to see. Jesus gives the church and all of us the great invitation in Revelation 3 and 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. My friends, churches get sidetracked during their existence, but the invitation is to join with Jesus, not a church. When you accept Jesus, he will direct you to the church he wants you to serve and be fed. Will you accept his invitation right now? I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church, send your prayer requests as well as your praise reports to our email address. That's hello at greatministries.org. This ministry is supported by friends like you. If you'd like to donate to us, go to greatministries.org and click on the donate button. You may also write to us at P.O. Box 1654, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or call us at 678-693-2204. Stay safe, be blessed,